0: hope you guys are all celebrating some big adulting milestones this season. And you know what? Finding the perfect gift for those celebrations can be kind of tough. I have the solution over at grownupgear.com. We have adorable hats, totes, mugs, pillows, tees, and seriously, the most cozy and comfortable sweatshirts. They're all on grownupgear.com and all at affordable prices. We even now have digital gift certificates if you can't decide. Use code GROWNUP for 15% off your first order. Buying from our small business helps to support this free podcast. And you know what? We really
1: appreciate it. Thanks, guys. We're in California on Highway 101. I pull over. On the side of the road, I pop open the back of my SUV, and I'm standing there pouring the cheap cereal, the generic cereal into the name brand boxes on the side of the freeway as the cars are whizzing by with my babies in the car. And there was a tiny voice in my head saying, you know, this is not normal, right? You realize this is crazy, don't you? But I wasn't awake enough to hear it. Like the light switch had not gone on. I look back on that and I think that's insane. That's, that's chaos. chaos.
0: You're listening to Money Tips for Financial Grown Ups with me, certified financial planner Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? When it comes to money, being a grown-up is hard. But together, we've got this. Hey grown-up friends. As you heard, there was a point when Micro Empires podcast host, Jennifer Grimson's Life, was truly In financial chaos. She can talk about it now, but literally pulling over to put generic cereal into brand name boxes so your husband won't know you saved money, that's really bananas, right? Jennifer talks candidly about her decisions to file for bankruptcy twice and the consequences of that tough decision. But she also gives some priceless tips on how we can first recognize when our financial lives are in chaos, because very often we are in the dark. And while it's not the primary focus of our interview, I did manage to sneak in some questions about maximizing your Airbnb properties and what makes a good investment. And you'll also hear why that's so relevant to Jennifer's story. Here is Jennifer Grimson. Jennifer Grimson, you're a financial grown up. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Bobby. I am looking forward to speaking with you about uh, your tips to handle financial chaos. That's why I brought you on, because it was a recent episode of your podcast, Micro Empires. But first, I want to hear a little bit more about your backstory, because you have been through it all.
1: (laughs) Well, yes, I have. Uh, So have many people. So my story is that I lost everything twice. So no job, no car, no place to live. Two kids to raise and chapter 13 bankruptcy. And that happened to me twice, once at the age of 29 and once at the age of 41. And the second time that it happened, I realized that I needed to do something to rebuild in a way that would protect me. So for me, that meant building small pockets of wealth, finger quotes, and security. And that's what the show that I have, which is called Micro Empires, is about. It's just basically creating these small pockets so that if anything is taken away, you aren't left completely empty-handed and at a loss of what to do.
0: Those two bankruptcies, different stories each time. Give us just a little sense of what caused those because a lot of people go, well, how did that
1: happen? I mean, you were the first time you had a one and a three-year-old. What happened? Well, The bankruptcies were actually caused by the same thing, but how it happened to me was that I was in a very contentious divorce. So my ex-husband sued me 25 times in 10 years, and I amassed over $500,000 in attorney's fees. And I can go into great detail about that, but I don't think we have time for it. But in my case, it wasn't that I Purchased a home and went in upside down, or I bought expensive cars, or I had terrible spending habits. It's that I was running from somebody who was punishing me financially through the court system, which is another entire story altogether. But chapter 13 was a way for me to s- escape the lawsuits and preserve the first one, helped me preserve the home that I lived in. So it was probably the first lesson I got in. There are tools out there for you to use to help you financially. Now, chapter 13 bankruptcy is no fun. You pay your creditors back. Your credit is ruined for 10 years. You have to live on cash. It is not a great existence, but it did release me from lawsuits. Um, So I did that not only once, but twice. But on top of everything, the second time I found myself without anything, no car, no job, no place to live, what I had done then was to turn my financial well-being over to someone else, namely the person that I was in a relationship with. So that when that relationship ended, I was really left with nothing. And as shameful as I felt that was, I decided a year ago when I decided to start the show that I would share the story because I knew I wasn't the only one. I think women do it more than men. I think it happens a lot and there's a lot of shame in it when really the shame should be honestly on the other person who's kind of not being fair about that. But at any rate, it taught me a hard, hard lesson. And I really didn't get the message till I was about 41 that no matter what I did, I was going to have to rebuild in a different way than I had done in the past.
0: And now it is a decade after that second bankruptcy, just
1: to catch people up, you became a real estate investor. Yes, I did. So from 41 years old, the following three years, it took me to correct my credit, which is a journey in and of itself. And then the first thing I did was to purchase a home, which was a miracle. And I walked through how I made that happen. And then through house hacking and short-term rental in four years, I created $1.4 million in income producing investments. And there's a reason they're called income producing investments. I didn't have $1.4 million. I had mortgages, I had overhead, I had all of the things. But what I had done was created, I I actually had three properties that were that were Airbnb. And those properties all had their own incomes, their own empires on top of a corporate job. So that way I had at least four areas of income and then I created other areas of income as well. So I kept creating these little pockets of income. And then that's morphed. I've moved into investing into multifamily and other things. But again, by using tools, tools that I had at the ready. So I didn't realize when I rebuilt the second time, I did it with a W2 really and some grit. So other than that, I mean, I didn't have a great investment that I made a ton of money off of or anything like that. I simply just used the tools at hand, which are part of why I want to do the show to kind of share what's available to all of us.
0: I know you don't do Airbnb investing right now, but just quickly, give us some insider secrets and tips for getting started with Airbnb. What did you learn there?
1: Well, I learned a lot. So first and foremost, I started doing it in 2014 in Nashville, Tennessee, where no one was doing it at the time. And that was a a great time to do it. So my advice to anybody is anytime you see an opportunity and maybe it's something new and edgy and you're willing to take the risk, and risk, you know, I talk about risk a lot. It has to be a risk that you're comfortable with. I say go for it. I needed to do everything in micro steps. Also part of why I do the things the way that I do. I'm not a huge risk taker, so I had my home. Um, I started renting it out on the weekends through Airbnb, and quickly realized that this could be a real way for me to not only cover my mortgage and expenses, but a way for me to create an income. My best advice for people if you're getting involved in Airbnb and you're just starting out and you're just a normal person, like you're not a person who has hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank or millions to lose, I say go find an emerging market and buy a really, really affordable home. Your money in real estate is made on the purchase. so if you purchase high, you're not really probably going to make a lot of money off it, no matter what your plan is with it. You've got to find a way to purchase low. So I purchased in evolving neighborhoods. I took a chance in that. And I went ahead and lived in the properties, which allowed me to get in there for very little money. I furnished them myself. I managed them myself until such time that they were up and running. And I was able to hire other people to do that. Those would be my my basic tips on Airbnb. I could talk about that forever, but those are sort of the basics.
0: Hands on first, then hand it off. Okay. So that was a nice little bonus tangent for everybody. But the (laughs) real reason I asked you to come on was to tell us your tips on how to handle financial chaos, which of course has to start with actually recognizing financial chaos. Like you have a, there was a serial incident in your car with your children.
1: Yeah, Yeah. So financial chaos is a really sad, scary place to live and to be. And I lived in it for many, many years and I didn't know what I was living in. I, I like to describe it to people. I have this metaphor, like imagine you're living in a home, there's no lights in the home and it's a hoarder. You're living in a home with a hoarder and there's all this stuff piled up, but you don't know it's there, but you feel like something's wrong. You're not really sure what it is. And one day someone turns the light switch on and you see all of the chaos, all of the mayhem. And that person who's creating it, whether it's you or potentially your partner, runs over and shuts that light off and says, oh, never mind, never mind. You can't unsee it. So in my case, I lived in a situation where I was, to simplify it, I was a saver and my ex-husband was a spender. He had a lot of emotional attachment to money and how it made him feel. And we were living in absolute dire straits. Things like he would get angry if I bought the generic brand cereal. We were so broke, I was bouncing checks to buy groceries. I would go to three different grocery stores to find the best deals. I took my children shopping one night, like I did normally. So I had them with me in the evening, little babies in diapers, in and out of the car. We go to three different grocery stores to save the money. And then on the way home, we're in California on Highway 101. I pull over on the side of the road, I pop open the back of my SUV, and I'm standing there pouring the cheap cereal, the generic cereal into the name brand boxes on the side of the freeway as the cars are whizzing by with my babies in the car. And there was a tiny voice in my head saying, you know, this is not normal, right? You realize this is crazy, don't you? But I wasn't awake enough to hear it. Like the light switch had not gone on. I look back on that and I think that's insane. That's, that's chaos. That's you're risking your entire life to keep someone happy about something that has to really do with money and your relationship with money. So that's financial chaos. And when I talk to people about their money and we, and it's very, very personal, people will tell you about your sex, their sex lives before they'll tell you about their money, which is kind of crazy, but they'll explain things to me that they've become accustomed to because they've been living in it for so long. But that is sort of the the truth of it. And and recognizing it as well. I, you know, My advice is to look at, do you have a shared approach to money? Do you and your partner have a shared approach? Do you have, find it really difficult to go without the nice to haves or does your partner? Do you feel sick whenever you have to talk about money? And then sort of examining what wealthy might mean to you. Also a good tool in kind of figuring out where you are on the money spectrum. Once we've
0: identified that we are in financial chaos, which probably more of us Are in than we realize. Give us some tips to calm that financial chaos.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing, if you're in a partnership with someone who is creating the chaos and it's not yourself, because sometimes it could be yourself, and there's a little test that I offer in the episode that I did this week. But probably the first thing is to sit down and have a conversation with that partner. Chances are, That may not go well if you've never had a conversation before and there are therapists and books and things that can help you with that But it's really taking a hard look at your own relationship with money I happen to call it money culture and I have a free ebook as well that walks you through like Where are you with money and how do you feel and why do you do the things that you do? Hopefully if you can sit down and have a conversation with a partner and that person is able to come to grips with their own relationship with money, perhaps saying, yeah, I do these things because it makes me feel loved or, you know, I didn't get this as a child, or it makes me feel like a better person. When I have expensive things, you can start to work through that and come up with a plan together about how money is tied directly to identity and security. And so examining that and looking at it as a whole and saying, is our is, is our identity more important than our security? Do we have to have a Mercedes-Benz outside in a really expensive house that we can't afford? Or is it better for us to have a little bit less and feel safe? You know, um that that's what it is for me anyway. I have to feel safe when it comes to money.
0: I think a lot of us feel that way. So that's if a partner's involved. What if it's on you? What if there is financial chaos in your life and um You
1: just need to do something about it. What are your tips? So one of the things I say is try to go 30 days without purchasing anything above, you know, food and shelter and see if you can do it. See how it makes you feel. Write it down. Those sorts of things. I think the root of it, if you're in it and you're causing it, is that you've got to figure out why you're doing it. So for me, my money lessons, my money culture has been based in fear because I've been in these really extreme situations twice. You also sometimes
0: give people some very tough love that they do not want to hear about big life decisions about their lifestyle overall.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I say a lot that you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. This is interesting to me, uh, met with a woman recently and she said, I'm really struggling. I've been out of work. She's somebody I knew years ago in the corporate world. She'd been out of work for a long time. She was struggling to find a new corporate job. And let's face it. Ageism is a real thing and there isn't much i can do to help her with that other than networking but i said well let's take a look at what you've got and she's got this amazing home in a phenomenal location here in nashville she's got an outbuilding an apartment there she already has an apartment i said well you could turn that into an airbnb this is just an example and obviously with all the experience i have i was even willing to help her with the marketing and tell her what works best and all the tips and she was like well, i don't want anybody i don't want people at my house and okay. You don't want people at your house. That's okay. But you're choosing your identity. I think over your security. I didn't want people at my house either, Bobby. I I, I was tired of people using my bathrooms and sleeping in my beds, <laughs> but I cared more about my security. So maybe you don't want somebody living in your house. That's fine. Maybe you don't want to give up the expensive purses. That's fine. But are you going to be able to give up the travel? Or are you going to be able to give up eating out? Or are you going to be able to give up? Or are you willing to live basically on the fringe of complete financial ruin day in and day out? So for me, the second time I lost everything, my kids were in private school. I was living in this beautiful neighborhood. My first thought was how do I keep them in private school? How do I get an apartment in this neighborhood? How do I keep this lifestyle that I've been creating for them? And the truth was, I wasn't going to keep any of that. I needed to move out. I needed to live with my sister on her generosity for four months. I needed to look at different areas for them to go to school. And so grappling with the fact that you may need to give up what you've become accustomed to to achieve freedom is just a really important topic that we go into over and over again clinging to what you had may not be your path to freedom. This has been so wonderful.
0: Tell us where people can follow up with you. Of course, everybody needs to subscribe to the micro empires podcast.
1: Yeah, the podcast, of course, Uh, my website is micro empires.com. I'm on all the socials either by micro empires or Jennifer Grimson. I have a free book. It's 28 pages. You can download it uh, at my website and I'm also creating a course called, you don't have to be wealthy to build wealth. So I hope that will be really helpful for people. It's really for folks that are just kind of starting out because I get asked the same questions over and over again. You know, I may not be the only person who's gone through this, but for a lot of folks, you know, who I hear it's too late to start over, et cetera, et cetera. I think I'm a good example of somebody who went through it more than once and later in life. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bobby. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: Okay, my friends, let's review some of Jennifer's tips from the interview. First of all, look, bankruptcy is a serious decision, but it can be a tool to help in the most dire financial situations. So think about it carefully, but know that it might be right in some extreme situations. Don't turn your financial well-being over to someone else completely, even if that is someone that you are in a relationship with and you love and you believe will last forever. And I hope it does. But sometimes when a relationship ends, you can end up like Jennifer with nothing. Just think about it. Jennifer set up her real estate as income-producing investments. She had three Airbnbs with their own incomes that were separate in addition to her W-2 job. So think about that when you are working on different side hustles or other ventures. If you find yourself in financial chaos and it involves a partner, make sure you sit down and try to have a conversation about it. Think about having them come to grips with their relationship with money and what is driving their decisions that are impacting both of you. Come up with a plan together. If you and you alone are the cause of the financial chaos, well, Jennifer suggests trying, for example, to go 30 days with just the most basic expenses. We're talking food and shelter and maybe write down any time you stray. See how it makes you feel. Also, figure out why you are doing it. Is it about identity, security, validation from others? figure out what is your money culture based on. For Jennifer, it's based on fear of having to start over financially yet again. Okay, my friends, I'd love to hear what you think of this episode. Have you ever found yourself in financial chaos? I would love to hear your reaction to this episode and maybe your stories. DM me on Instagram at bobbyrebel1. And for previews of upcoming episodes and news that is relevant to our grown up lives, Please subscribe to my newsletter. You can do so on my website, bobbyrebelle.com. Big thanks to Micro Empires podcast host Jennifer Grimson for her fantastic advice and for helping us all be financial grownups. Money Tips for Financial Grownups is a production of BRK Media LLC editing, and production by Steve Stewart, guest coordination, content creation, social media support, and show notes by Ashley Wall. You can find the podcast show notes, which include links to resources mentioned in the show, as well as show transcripts by going to my website, Bobbyrebel.com. You can also find an incredible library of hundreds of previous episodes to help you on your journey as a financial grown up the podcast, and tons of complimentary resources associated with the podcast is brought to you for free, but I need to have your support in return. Here's how you can do that. First, connect with me on social media at BobbiRebell1 on Instagram and BobbiRebell on both Twitter and on Clubhouse, where you can join my Money Tips for Grownups Club. Second, share this podcast on social media and tag me so I can thank you. You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Reading each one means the world to me. And you know what? It really motivates others to subscribe. You can also support our merch shop, grownupgear.com, by picking up fun gifts for your grown-up friends and treating yourself as well. And most of all, help your friends on their journey to being financial grown-ups by encouraging them to subscribe to the podcast. Together, we got this. Thank you for your time and for the kind words so many of you send my way. See you next time. And thank you for supporting Money Tips for Financial Grownups.